You're listening to Modern Marketing, a podcast brought to you by Influicity. At Influicity, we build brand communities that drive revenue. Learn more at Influicity.com. On today's episode, Influicity CEO John David speaks with Whitney Bell, VP of Marketing at Clutch. Whitney, welcome to the show. Thanks, John. Excited to chat with you today. Of course. Why don't you share your first insight? Yeah. So my biggest insight, I think, over the past year has been that I think with a lot of tech companies in particular, everything has like really shifted over the past 12 months. So we moved really from a grow at all costs kind of mentality to more of a focus on like sustainable, profitable growth. I think also with that shift, most people would generally assume that like marketing often gets considered, I think, a cost center instead of a revenue generating center, which I disagree with. But often marketing and and specifically brand dollars are the first to get cut when it comes to having to make those decisions. What we've seen at Clutch has actually been quite the opposite, where instead of purely investing in like performance and growth dollars, but also making sure that you're coupling that with brand dollars, it's making our performance dollars more efficient and actually bringing down our overall cost to acquire customers. So I think that's been our big aha moment is let's just not go to the default, cut the budget, cut brand budget, but actually by investing there, it's helping us overall with our efficiency. That's so smart. And I totally agree when you have more efficient dollars because people know the brand and they recognize it, every dollar goes further. But here's a question I have. When you're sitting in the marketing seat and you see that happening, is it a real heavy lift for you to convince the executive team of that or do they see it also? I would say it's evolved. So definitely at the beginning, I would like when the company historically that I'm at, which makes sense for a lot of startups at the stage that they were at. It was like series A when I joined. They were primarily investing more in the performance growth. Our brand awareness was extremely low. So it made sense for them to capture that like lower funnel, higher intent kind of customer. I think what we saw as we started testing and experimenting and investing slowly, but more in brand, it was pretty obvious the impact it was having. And so our executive team is very data-driven. So when you can show like, hey, when you invest these dollars, and then we actually see like our direct and organic traffic to our website increasing by this much and our cat coming down, it's like, pretty obvious it's working. So I would say now it's, it's quite the opposite where they're convinced. If anything, I find our founder and CEO are more like, what are we doing for brand next year? And they're more excited about it because they realize by building that top of funnel, aided awareness, unaided awareness, it's really helping drive the lower funnel. The conversation around brand dollars versus performance dollars. So you know, this is building the brand and this is me spending a dollar to make $3 immediately. That's a debate that sort of marketers have been having for, I guess, forever. And the way I think about it, and I'd love to get your take about it, is it depends where you are in your cycle. So like, where is the market that you're advertising to and where do you sit there? And if there's a whole lot of low-hanging fruit where they're just searching Google or they're searching YouTube or whatever, and you can capture that dollar at the moment of, of intent, that's great. And performance makes a lot of sense. And maybe if you're in a more saturated market or one where people are comparing on price, then of course it makes sense to lift your brand up because Mm -hmm. it's already super saturated. Are there other considerations or or do you think it goes deeper than that? I know you have background working at big brands, small brands. How much thought goes into where do we put our money right now? Yeah, that's a great question. I think, like you said, it depends on a variety of factors. Like Even across different industries, it, it would differ. So for us, at this specific company I'm at now, it's more based on that funnel. So like you mentioned, if we know someone's really high tent, they're in the market, they're like, I'm ready to buy a car in the next couple of weeks. 
that's where we spend more of the performance dollars. So yeah, you think of like the Google searches of the world. But to your point, we also look at things like age and stage of the markets that we're in. So Halifax was actually our founding market. We know our brand awareness is higher there. So we don't necessarily like need to spend as much like on building that top of funnel there. There we might spend more lower funnel. So we look at kind of different factors like that too. I think when I was at Unilever, I worked on brands like Dove who had massive market share and everyone, they have 90 plus percent aided awareness. So when you're thinking about spending your brand dollars there, it was like very different. It was more about that next level. It's like, hey, people know who we are now. We really need them to feel more loyal to us and really consider us. So it was even the creative that we used was more directed at that level versus just saying like, hey, this is who we are. Like get to know our name. Exactly. It's funny. I have a friend who worked for many years at Craftware. I know you used mm-hmm. to work at one point and the, the particular product line that she worked on had a 92% market share. And so her challenge was always, okay, how do I like going from 92 to 93? It's not yeah. your typical brand marketing. It's not your typical performance marketing. Yeah. It's really what's that next level as you just described. So as you're looking out, okay, so let's say brand is sort of more top of mind right now. What are some, what, what are two or three brand channels or brand tactics that that, that you have in mind? Yeah, so we've been testing quite a bit over the past year, just trying to figure out like which of those channels were best for us. They resonate best with our audience. The ones we've actually found have worked best are one is like YouTube. I know there's a lot of you know people who are cord cutting now and streaming services are more popular. And so when we have used that channel, we just see like a really strong ROI. So for next year, we're thinking through our integrated brand campaign, which different channels are we going to be using? So YouTube is one that just, has resonated really well with our audience. And it's nice because we use it for top of funnel, but also for that retargeting. So, you know, we'll come out with more of a like generic educational spot, but then we also will get like customer testimonials that will resurface to people. And we find those work equally as well. And then I'd say another channel we found that has helped us is is through partnerships. So we recently signed a deal with the NBA where the official online car retailer of the NBA. And I think because our awareness is lower right now, so we're it's come a long way, but we still aren't, aren't there yet. By working with like a more credible partner like the NBA, it helps us build that kind of loyalty and trust from the customer. So we found in the early stages, like that's been something that's really helped us more on the brand side. You get that halo effect. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. What are your thoughts on TikTok? So yeah, TikTok's an interesting one where it's like, we know we need to play play on this platform. And there was a really interesting insight, you know, in the early days, we were talking to the TikTok team and they said, 47% of people on the platform are in the market to buy a car in the next, I think it was like 18 months. So to me, I'm like, okay, well then we need to like be reaching these people. And so we did a lot of testing last year and we have found it great for top of funnel for building awareness, getting a lot of eyeballs where we haven't cracked the code yet is getting those people to convert. So I see it with a lot of like, I, I, you know, spend a lot more time than I should on TikTok. And with certain brands, like makeup brands and things like that, I think people see it in the like, get readies with me and, and they easily quickly convert. A car is a big purchase. So I think there's more convincing that needs to be done there. We know we've tested a lot of different creative there too. We've tried some of the polished stuff, which clearly doesn't work. We've done the UTC thing, but I think we're still just like figuring out how to play on that platform. It's funny you say that. It's it's great for an impulse buy, but as you said, someone's buying a car, it's they're they're in a different mindset. Yeah, exactly. And we know people do go to these digital sources to before they purchase a car. So 
I think for that, it's great. It's like priming people. It can be educational, get them to know about our company. They might not necessarily convert on that channel. So in that sense, it's sometimes harder to measure their ROI, but they're coming out with new products all the time. And I do think it is somewhere that we will invest. It's just trying to figure out how to show up. This podcast is brought to you by Influicity. Since 2015, we've been building brand communities that drive revenue. First, we did it through influencers. Then we added podcasts. Today, we work with world-class brands to build, optimize, and run breakthrough programs that create and capture demand. It's time to stop renting your influence and start owning it. Learn more at Influicity.com. And then the third leg in the, in the video stool, what are your thoughts on Instagram and Reels and all that stuff? Yeah. So, I mean, like meta in general, we just like, we know we need to be on it. And again, it's like a lot of creative testing. I think over the past, you know, year or two, it's just realized like the more, like the more content you can make, the more iterations and experimentation you can do, the better on that platform. So we really like try to come out with lots of different creative concepts each week that we're like A-B testing against each other from UGC content to static. We have found that Reels, like, and I think the algorithm just naturally promotes those more, but Reels are working quite well for us. So it's like, we know we need to be there and we're just constantly like iterating, experimenting with new creative. Yeah, it's funny how the strategy, even though the platforms have similarities between YouTube, TikTok, and Instagram, brands have to think about these platforms in different ways, at least in my opinion, because people really are in different mindsets. I mean, if you think about somebody who's on X, you know, formerly Twitter, or they're on LinkedIn, or they're on TikTok, Instagram, they're the same person, but really your mindset is quite different. And it could be like, you know, over the course of 10 minutes on your phone, you're flicking between all these apps. And it's like you're going from one party where everyone's wearing tuxedos to another party where everyone's sort of, you know, wearing ripped jeans, and then you're walking into the rave. And so you kind of have to think about how to show up at each of these platforms, right? A hundred percent. It's funny you mentioned that because we're literally in the process right now of briefing in for our like integrated brand campaign next year. And we know we will be like on YouTube, on Meta, on TikTok, but even getting down to like the details of how we're shooting for the spot, we are taking into considerations like TikTok, it needs to look very different. And like, even like, like down to the specs, like just actually like vertical versus horizontal and the different specs that we need to shoot for are different. But it's like, we know on TikTok, we can't show up with this polished ad that we might have more on TV or YouTube. So we're like trying to plan for that, which I think, yeah, like a few years ago, you never would have thought about that. And and one spot might perform extremely differently across those three platforms because to your point, people are in different mindsets. So yeah, I think as a marketer, you have to put a lot more thought into like channel planning and like how you show up across them. Sometimes it takes a lot of work to look this raw and, and, and unfiltered, right? <laughs> so on that note, are you when you're making content for these platforms, is it all are you kind of shooting it and making it all yourself? Are you going out to content creators and saying, hey, you guys make this for us? How how are you actually developing the content? It's a bit of a mix. So we do have an in-house designer. And so historically she did most of our content in-house. We're a very lean team, but because we are really trying to increase the amount of content that we're putting out there, we realize it's just not feasible probably without increasing headcount. So we've been testing some different channels. We've started recently working with more like affiliates and content creators. The best are the ones that happen like organically. It's someone that was going to buy or sell a car with us anyways, and they have like a pretty decent following. And so they'll just say like, hey, I'd love to to make a spot and, and we'll work with them. And then I think for next year, we're considering getting a bit more into like, 
the like true influencer channels and trying to like seek out people that we think would be like good representatives of the brand. So kind of testing it all right now, but it's not like a one, like a singular approach. And would you say there's a workhorse channel going back? We've been talking about brand this whole time. When it comes to performance marketing, has there been one or two sort of workhorse channels or formats that have really worked to build your growth until now? Yeah, it's changed over time. I think Google is one that just works really well, specifically for our industry. When people are high intent, they're in the market to buy a car. A lot of them are searching like year, make and model or like where to buy a car. And so we've done a lot with like Pmax or Performance Max this past year, which we found has worked really well for us where you can just like feed a lot into it. And then it uses AI to really like optimize your results and, and what it's feeding people. So we've seen a lot of success there. I'd say the other channel has been more like word of mouth and our like referral program. So, I mean, it, it kind of makes sense if you go through a purchase as big as a car, which is for most people, the second biggest purchase in their life, and they have a good experience, they're going to tell friends and family about that. But I was really shocked to see that like referral makes up like north of 10% of our total sales. So, and it's also a cost efficient channel for us. So we do offer a referral program. And if we can get people just like that word of mouth going, that helps us build our awareness, build the loyalty, build the trust, and it's cost efficient. It's funny, 10% as a channel referral, that, that seems like, I mean, it's a high number. It's great. It actually shows that your product is working and people love it to be able to refer their, their friends to it. Yeah, exactly. We I was also surprised because I think the industry norm was closer to like two to three percent. So that's originally where I'd set the goal. And we kind of blew that out of the water. And it's exciting to see because again, it's like not too heavy of a lift on our end for for running that program. And yeah, I think it speaks to the product market fit and like our our MPS scores are tend to be extremely high too. And you dropped the uh, the buzzword of the moment, you dropped AI a second yes. ago. So how <laughs> are you using AI in marketing? How, how does that fit into all this? Yeah, I think we're, yeah, and I get asked that question a lot. And I know it's it's such a buzzword right now. We are using it in different ways, like across the company. So, you know, even for like our SEO with like a lot of our blogs, we don't use it for our blog writing because it's very technical writing. And so we still really need a person who's an, an expert. But even for things like concepting around what blogs should be writing, we use it to come up with um, different captions, like for social that we're going to use or for email headers to test against each other. So we use it kind of in the creative space in that way. With partners, obviously, we're using it because they're integrating it. So like Google is a good example of that with Performance Max. I think most of our partners are now integrating AI in some way. And then we're also using it sort of more on the machine learning side. So part of our business is giving offers for people who want to sell their car And so we can use AI to kind of scour pricing and different like knowledge across like the car market for like inventory levels and pricing levels, and then spit out an offer. And that's all based on all this like machine learning that we're just like feeding into like our system. It's amazing. And and the conversation that we're going to be having about AI in a year from now, I'm sure is going to be miles ahead of even that. A hundred percent. And that's why I think also as marketers, it's like, trying to stay on top of that trend. Like I'm trying to stay on top of like, what's the latest technology? What can make our lives easier? What are people using? So both in my like personal and professional life, trying to integrate that as much as possible. All right. Well, Whitney, thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks so much for having me. It was great chatting. Thanks for listening to Modern Marketing. This podcast is brought to you by Influicity, empowering marketers to build customer communities that drive revenue. We create massive demand via social, influencer, content, paid media, and of course, podcast. Learn more at Influicity.com.